0: We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the morning segment of the Tuesday, February 28th episode of The Faith Comes From hearing podcast that would be episode 181 i am wayne floyd your host the faith comes from hearing podcast is a member as a humble member of the christian podcast community you can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org definitely worth your while to get over there there's all kinds of great listening over there Uh, definitely uh, you're going to run out of time to listen to all the things you're going to want to listen to from over there so i would definitely encourage you to do so um, again, I want to point you at the final link in um, the show notes It is for the Vale Valley B- Baptist church, give, send, go campaign. We're striving to, uh, rapidly pay off our mortgage so we can shift gears and commits establishment of a Christian classic education based school to provide an alternative within our community. So, um, you know, please click on the link, go read about what we're doing a little bit better description than I just gave you. And then, uh, we would ask three things of you. We'd ask you to pray for us. We'd ask you to prayerfully consider giving to us. And then we'd ask you to pass the link along to other people so that they can do the same. All right. Well, we'll be continuing on in our morning segment this morning, continuing on in our reading with our uh, 2023 reading plan. And then this evening, uh, God willing, we will continue on with our uh, reading through um, Thomas Watson's A Godly Man's Picture. So here we go let's get going we're going to go ahead and open up this morning like we usually do with the third day morning prayer from valley of vision it's called god creator and controller let's pray most high god the universe with all its myriad creatures is thine made by thy word upheld by thy power governed by thy will but thou art also the father of mercies the god of all grace the bestower of all comfort the protector of the saved Thou hast been mindful of us, hast visited us, preserved us, given us a goodly heritage, the holy scriptures, the joyful gospel, the savior of souls. We come to thee in Jesus' name, make mention of his righteousness only, plead his obedience and sufferings, who magnified the law both in its precepts and penalty, and made it honorable. May we be justified by his blood, saved by his life, joined to his spirit, Let us take up his cross and follow him. May the agency of thy grace prepare us for thy dispensations. Make us willing that thou shouldst choose our inheritance and determine what we shall retain or lose, suffer or enjoy. If blessed with prosperity, may we be free from its snares and use not abuse its advantages. May we patiently and cheerfully submit to those afflictions which are necessary when we are tempted to wander, hedge up our way excite in us abhorrence of sin wean us from the present evil world assure us that we shall at last enter emmanuel's land where none is ever sick and the sun will always shine amen all right all right and our um morning devotion from spurgeon's morning and evening for February 28th, let's see. It is the text for it is from Psalm 62 5, My Expectation is from Him. It is the believer's privilege to use this language. If he is looking for aught from the world, it is a poor expectation indeed. But if he looks to God for the supply of his wants, whether in temporal or spiritual blessings, his expectation will not be a vain one. Constantly he may draw from the bank of faith, and get his needs needs supplied out of the riches of God's loving-kindness. This I know. I had rather have God for my banker than all the Rothschilds. My Lord never fails to honor His promises, and when we bring them to His throne, He never sends them back unanswered. Therefore I will wait only at His door, for He ever opens it with the hand of munificent grace. At this hour I will try Him anew. But we have expectations beyond this life we shall die soon and then our expectation is from him do we not expect that when we lie upon the bed of sickness he will send angels to carry us to his bosom we believe that when the pulses faint and the heart heaves heavily, some angelic messenger shall stand and look with loving eyes upon us and whisper sister spirit come away as we approach the heavenly gate we expect to hear the welcome invitation Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We are expecting harps of gold and crowns of glory. We are hoping soon to be amongst the multitude of shining ones before the throne. We are looking forward and longing for the time when we shall be like our glorious Lord, for we shall see Him as He is. Then if these be thine expectations, O my soul, live for God. Live with the desire and resolve to glorify him from whom cometh all thy supplies and of whose grace in thy election, redemption and calling. It is that thou hast any expectation of coming glory. All right. Now our reading. Uh, We're going to start in Leviticus 27 or 22 verses 17 through the end of the chapter and then into verse 23. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, and to all the sons of Israel, and say to them, Any man of the house of Israel, or of the sojourners in Israel, who who brings near his offering, whether it is any of their votive or any of their freewill offerings, which they bring near to Yahweh for a burnt offering, for you to be accepted, it must be a male without blemish, from the cattle, the sheep, or the goats. Whatever has a defect, you shall not bring it near. For it will not be accepted for you and when a man brings a sacrifice of peace offerings near to yahweh to fulfill a special vow or for a free will offering of the herd or of the flock it must be without blemish to be accepted there to be accepted there shall be no defect in it those that are blind or fractured or maimed or have a running sore or eczema or scabs you shall not bring near to yahweh nor make of them an offering by fire on the altar of yahweh now in respect to an ox or a lamb which has an overgrown or stunted member, you may offer it for a freewill offering, but for a votive offering it will not be accepted. Also anything with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut you shall not bring near to Yahweh, and you shall not do thus in your land, nor shall you bring near any such thing from the hand of a foreigner, for offering as the food of your God, for their corruption is in them, they have a defect, they shall not be accepted for you. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, When an ox or a sheep or a goat is born, it shall remain seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day on it shall be accepted as a sacrifice of an offering by fire to Yahweh. But whether it is an ox or a sheep, you shall not slaughter both it and its young in one day. And when you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to Yahweh, you shall sacrifice it to it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am Yahweh. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am Yahweh, and you shall not profane my holy name, but I will be treated as holy among the sons of Israel. I am Yahweh who makes you holy, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Yahweh. Leviticus 23, we're going to read through to verse 44. And Yahweh spoke again to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, the appointed times of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, my appointed times are these. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. You shall not do any work, it is a Sabbath to Yahweh and all your places of habitation. These are the appointed times of Yahweh, holy convocations which you shall proclaim at the times appointed for them. In the first month on the fourteenth day of the month at twilight is the passover of yahweh then on the fifteenth day of the same month there is a feast of unleavened bread to yahweh for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread on the first day you shall have a holy convocation you shall not do any laborious work but for seven days you shall bring near an offering by fire to yahweh on the seventh day is a holy convocation you shall not do any laborious work then yahweh spoke to moses saying Speak to the sons of Israel, and say to them, When you enter the land which I am going to give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf sorry, and he shall wave the sheaf before Yahweh for you to be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath the priest shall wave it. Now on the day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb one year old, without blemish for a burnt offering to Yahweh. Its grain offering shall then, shall then be two tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering by fire to Yahweh for a soothing aroma with its drink offering a fourth of a hen of wine until this a, a fourth of a hen of wine until this same day until you have brought in the offering of your God, you shall eat neither bread nor roasted grain nor new growth. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your places of habitation. You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day when you brought in the sheaf of the wave-offering, there shall be seven complete Sabbaths. You shall count fifty days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall bring a new grain-offering near to Yahweh. You shall bring in from your places of habitation two loaves of bread for a wave-offering, made of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be of a fine flour, baked with leaven, as first-fruits to Yahweh. Along with the bread you shall bring near seven one-year-old male lambs without blemish, and a bull from the herd, and two rams. They shall be a burnt offering to Yahweh, with their grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to Yahweh. You shall also offer one male goat for a sin offering, and two male lambs one year old, for a sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall then wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering, with two lambs before Yahweh. They shall be holy to yahweh for the priest on this same day you shall make a proclamation as well it shall be a holy convocation for you you shall do no laborious work it is to be a perpetual statute in all your places of habitation throughout your generations when you reap the harvest of your land moreover you shall not reap to the very corners of your field nor gather the gleaning of your harvest you are to leave them for the afflicted and the sojourner i am yahweh your god again yahweh spoke to moses saying speak to the sons of israel saying in the seventh month on the first of the month you shall have a rest a memorial by blowing of trumpets a holy convocation you shall not do any laborious work but you shall bring an offering by fire near to yahweh and yahweh spoke to moses saying on exactly the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall humble your souls and bring an offering by fire near to Yahweh. And you shall not do any work on this same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement on your behalf before Yahweh your God. If there is any person who will not humble himself on this same day, he shall be cut off from his people. And as for any person who does any work on this same day, that person I will cause to perish from among his people. You shall do no work at all, It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your places of habitation. It is to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you, and you shall humble your souls. On the ninth of of the month at evening, from evening until evening, you shall keep your Sabbath. Again Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth of this month, of this seventh month, is the feast of booths, for seven days to Yahweh. On the first day is a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work of any kind. For seven days you shall bring an offering by fire near to Yahweh. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation and bring an offering by fire near to Yahweh. It is a solemn assembly. You shall do no laborious work. These are the appointed times of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations. To bring offerings by fire near to Yahweh, burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices, and drink offerings. Each day's matter on its own day. Besides those of the Sabbaths of Yahweh, and besides your gifts, and besides all your votive and freewill offerings, which you give to Yahweh, on exactly the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of Yahweh for seven days, with a rest on the first day, and a, re- and a rest on the eighth day. And on the first day you shall take for yourselves the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches and the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall be glad before Yahweh your God for seven days. You shall thus celebrate it as a feast to Yahweh for seven days in the year. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall live in booths for seven days. All the native born in Israel shall live in booths, so that your generations may know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh your God. So Moses spoke to the sons of Israel, the appointed times of Yahweh. All right, Mark 9, starting in verse 30, and then we'll read into Mark 10. From there they went out and were going through Galilee, and he was not wanting anyone to know about it, for he was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and when he has been killed he will rise again three days later. But they did not understand this statement, and they were afraid to ask him. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house he began to question them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had discussed with one another which of them was the greatest. And sitting down he called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, He shall be last of all and servant of all. And taking a child, he set him before them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me does not receive me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to hinder him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not hinder him. FOR THERE IS NO ONE WHO WILL PERFORM A MIRACLE IN MY NAME, AND BE ABLE SOON AFTERWARD TO SPEAK EVIL OF ME. FOR HE WHO IS NOT AGAINST US IS FOR US. FOR WHOEVER GIVES YOU A CUP OF WATER TO DRINK IN MY NAME, BECAUSE YOU ARE OF CHRIST, TRULY I SAY TO YOU, HE WILL NOT LOSE HIS REWARD. AND WHOEVER CAUSES ONE OF THESE LITTLE ONES WHO BELIEVES TO STUMBLE, IT WOULD BE BETTER FOR HIM IF WITH A HEAVY MILLSTONE HUNG AROUND HIS NECK HE HAD BEEN CAST INTO THE SEA. And if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than having your two hands to go into hell, into the unquenchable fire, and where their worm and where there worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than having your two feet to be cast into hell. And where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourself, in yourselves, and be at peace with one another. And Mark 10, reading through to verse 12. And standing up, he went from there to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. Crowds gathered around him again, and according to his custom, he once more began to teach them. And some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him, and began to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce a wife. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote for you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. And in the house the disciples began questioning him about this again. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her, and if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery. And Psalm forty four verses one through eight for the choir director of the sons of Korah, a O God, we have heard from with our ears, our fathers have recounted to us the work that you did in their days, in the days of old. YOU WITH YOUR OWN HAND dispossessed THE NATIONS, THEN YOU PLANTED THEM, YOU AFFLICTED THE PEOPLES, THEN YOU CAST THEM OUT, FOR BY THEIR OWN SWORD THEY DID NOT POSSESS THE LAND, AND THEIR OWN ARM DID NOT SAVE THEM, BUT YOUR RIGHT HAND AND YOUR ARM AND THE LIGHT OF YOUR PRESENCE, FOR YOU FAVORED THEM, YOU ARE MY KING, O GOD, COMMAND SALVATION FOR JACOB, THROUGH YOU WE WILL PUSH BACK OUR ADVERSARIES, THROUGH YOUR NAME WE WILL TREAD DOWN THOSE WHO RISE UP AGAINST US. For I will not trust in my bow, and my sword will not save me. But you have saved us from our adversaries, and you have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted all day long, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Selah. And Proverbs 10, verse 19. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who holds back his lips has insight. All right, well, that is our Bible reading for the day. Um, I hope you go have a wonderful day. I hope this time together, I thank you for spending it with me, but I hope this time together is edifying for you. Um, it, it helps to uh, keep you more immersed in the scripture. Um, it, it helps to build up your biblical literacy. That's kind of one of the key points of, do, of me even doing this. Um, and it's for you and me both. Believe me, it's for you and me both. Um, because our biblical literacy is not where it should be. As Christians, I mean, that's that's proven day in and day out throughout this world. Um, But again, I hope you have a wonderful day. I would continue to implore you to go do all that you do for the glory of God. And God willing, I'll see you for our evening segment. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. We're going to close. Let's see the prayer we're going to use. Sorry, had to dismiss something there. The prayer we're going to close with is called The Cry of a Convicted Sinner. From valley of vision let's pray Thou righteous and holy sovereign in whose hand is my life and whose are all my ways keep me from fluttering about religion fix me firm in it for i am irresolute my decisions are smoke and vapor and i do not glorify thee or behave according to thy will cut me not off before my thoughts grow to responses and the budding of my soul into full flower for thou art forbearing and good patient and kind save me from myself from the artifices and deceits of sin from the treachery of my perverse nature from denying Thy charge against my offenses from a life of continual rebellion against thee from wrong principles views and ends for i know that all my thoughts affections desires and pursuits are alienated from me i have acted as if i hated thee although thou art love itself have contrived to tempt thee to the uttermost to wear out thy patience have lived evilly in word and action had i been a prince i would long ago have crushed such a rebel had i been a father i would long since have rejected my child O thou father of my spirit thou king of my life cast me not into destruction drive me not from thy presence but wound my heart that it may be healed break it that thine own hand may make it whole amen all right again hope you have a great day and I hope to see you this evening. Have a good one. God bless. Welcome to the evening segment of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. Good evening, and welcome to the evening segment of the Tuesday february 28th episode of the faith comes from hearing podcast that'd be episode 181 i continue to be wayne floyd your host faith comes from hearing podcast is a humble member of the christian podcast community you can find us over at christian podcast um, i would definitely recommend you get over there uh much 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 to listen to over there all of it worth your while uh you definitely won't go wrong over there the um, fact is you're gonna get over there and you're going to find out you don't have enough time to listen to everything you want to listen to. Um, so definitely, definitely not a waste of time for you. So I would definitely encourage you, my brothers and sisters over there doing just such wonderful work. Um, all right, we're going to go ahead. So this evening, as I mentioned in the morning segment, we're going to continue on like we've been doing and our reading through the godly man's picture from Thomas Watson. Uh, we're going to be in section 15 today. We're in the the fourth big section, which is talk, this fourth section is talking about the attributes of the godly man. And please understand, the godly man's picture it means the godly person's picture. This is what a godly person. This is what those of us who profess to be saved. These are the these are the attributes we should be manifesting. And so this fourth sec, fourth section is about what those attributes are. And this is the fifteenth attribute we're going to deal with. And this one is about um, that the godly man is a zealous man. It's a man of zeal. So let's go ahead and open up so we can get into our reading for Thomas Watson. So our prayer we're going to open up with this morning or this evening from um, Valley of Vision is called Confession and Petition. So let's pray. Holy Lord, I have sinned times without number and been guilty of pride and unbelief, of failure to find thy mind and thy word, of neglect to seek thee in my daily life. My transgressions and shortcomings present me with a list of accusations. But I bless Thee that they will not stand against me, for all have been laid on Christ. Go on to subdue my corruptions, and grant me grace to live above them. Let not the passions of the flesh, nor lustings of the mind, bring my spirit into subjection. But do Thou rule over me in liberty and power. I thank Thee that many of my prayers have been refused. I have asked amiss, and do not have... I have prayed from lusts and been rejected. I have longed for Egypt and been given a wilderness. Go on with thy patient work, answering no to my wrongful prayers, and fitting me to accept it. Purge me from every false desire, every base aspiration, everything contrary to thy rule. I thank thee for thy wisdom and thy love, for all the acts of discipline to which I am subject, for sometimes putting me into the furnace to refine my gold and remove my dross. No trial is so hard to bear as a sense of sin. If Thou shouldst give me choice to live in pleasure and keep my sins, or to have them burnt away with trial, give me sanctified affliction. Deliver me from every evil habit, every accretion of former sins, everything that dims the brightness of Thy grace in me, everything that prevents me taking delight in Thee. Then I shall bless Thee, God of Jeshurun, for helping me to be upright. Amen. All right, and our evening devotion from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening for February 28th. And the text it's from, or the, the text comes from 1 Kings seventeen sixteen, The barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. See the faithfulness of divine love. You observe that this woman had daily necessities. She had herself and her son to feed in a time of famine and now in addition the prophet Elijah was to be fed too. But though the need was threefold, yet the supply of meal wasted not, for she had a constant supply. Each day she made calls upon the barrel, but yet each day it remained the same. You, dear reader, have daily necessities, and because they come so frequently, you are apt to fear that the barrel of meal will one day be empty, and the of oil will fail you. Rest assured that according to the word of God this shall not be the case." each day though it brings its trouble shall bring its help and though you should live to outnumber the years of methuselah and though your needs should be as many as the sands of the seashore yet shall god's grace and mercy last through all your necessities and you shall never know a real lack for 3 long years in this widow's day di- sorry for 3 long years in this widow's days The heavens never saw a cloud, and the stars never wept a holy tear of dew upon the wicked earth. Famine and desolation and death made the land a howling wilderness. But this woman never was hungry, but always joyful in abundance. So shall it be with you. You shall see the sinner's hope perish, for he trusts his native strength. You shall see the proud Pharisee's confidence totter, for he builds his hope upon the sand. You shall see even your own schemes blasted and withered. But you yourself shall find that your place of defense shall be the munition of rocks. Your bread shall be given you, and your water shall be sure. Better have God for your guardian than the Bank of England for your possession. You might spend the wealth of the Indies, but the infinite riches of God you can never exhaust. All right, well, let's get into our reading. so again we're in the godly man's picture from thomas watson um like i said we're in the overall the the big the fourth big section which the fourth section talks about the attributes of the godly man um and again like i said this is the godly person this is for all people men and women um and so this is the 15th attribute we're dealing with today and this is basically a godly man is a man of zeal so Let's go ahead and get started. Oops, I clicked something. There we go. Section 15. A godly man is a zealous man. Grace turns a saint into a seraph. It makes him burn with holy zeal. Zeal is a mixed affection, a compound of love and anger. It carries. Forth our love to God and anger against sin in the most intense manner. Zeal is the flame of the affections. A godly man has a double baptism of water and fire. He is baptized with a spirit of zeal. he is zealous for god's honor, truth, worship. My zeal has consumed me. It was a crown set on Phineas's head that he was zealous for his god numbers twenty five thirteen Moses being touched with a coal from God's altar in his zeal, he breaks the tablets exodus thirty two nineteen Our blessed Saviour in his zeal whips the buyers and sellers out of the temple. The zeal of your house has eaten me up, John 2.17. But there is a preternatural heat, something looking like zeal, which it is not. A comet looks like a star. I will therefore show some differences between a true and a false zeal. 1. A false zeal is a blind zeal. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, Romans 10.2. This is not the fire of the spirit, but wildfire. The Athenians were very devout and zealous, but they did not know for what. For what? I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Acts 17.23 Thus the papists are zealous in their way, but they have taken away the key of knowledge. Number 2. A false zeal is a self-seeking zeal. Yehu cries, Come see my zeal for the Lord. 2 Kings 10.16 but it was not zeal, only ambition. He was fishing for a crown. Demetrius pleads for the goddess Diana. Yet it was not her temple, but her silver shrines that he was zealous for. Acts 19.25-27 Ignatius complains of such zealots in his time, that they made a trade of Christ and religion, by which to enrich themselves. It is probable that many in King Henry VIII's time were eager to pull down the abbeys, Not out of any zeal against popery, but that they might build their own houses on the ruins of those abbeys. Like vultures which fly aloft, but their eyes are down upon their prey. If blind zeal were punished sevenfold, hypocritical zeal would be punished seventy-sevenfold. 3. A false preposterous zeal is a misguided zeal. It occurs most in things which are not commanded. It is the sign of a hypocrite to be zealous for traditions and careless about institutions the pharisees were most zealous or more zealous about washing their cups than their hearts number 4 a false zeal is fired with anger james and john when they wanted to call down fire from heaven were rebuked by our savior you do not know what manner of spirit you are of luke 9:55 it was not zeal but anger Many have espoused the cause of religion out of faction and fancy, rather than zeal for the truth. But the zeal of a godly man is a true and holy zeal, which evidences itself in its effects. Number 1. True zeal cannot bear an injury done to God. Zeal makes the blood rise when God's honor is impeached. I know your works and labor and patience, and how you cannot tolerate those who are evil. Revelation two. The one who zealously loves his friend cannot hear him spoken against and be silent. Number 2. True zeal will confront the greatest difficulties. When the world holds out a gorgon's head of danger to discourage us, zeal casts out fear. It is quickened by opposition. Zeal does not say, there is a line in the way. Zeal, zeal will charge through an army of daggers. It will march in the face of death. Let news be brought to Paul that he was waylaid. And every city bonds and afflictions awaited him this sets a keener edge on his zeal i am ready not only to be bound but also to die for the name of the lord jesus acts 21 13. as sharp frost by force of contract contrast make the fire burn hotter so sharp opposition only inflames zeal more number three just as true zeal has knowledge go before. Has knowledge go before it, it also has sanctity follow after it. Wisdom leads the van of zeal, and holiness brings up the rear. A hypocrite seems to be zealous, but he is vicious. The godly man is white and ruddy, white in purity as well as ruddy in zeal. Christ's zeal was hotter than the fire, and his holiness purer than the sun. Number four, zeal that is genuine loves truth when it is despised and opposed. They have made void your law. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Psalm 119, 126, and 127. The more others deride holiness, the more we love it. What? Is what is religion the worse for other, others disgracing it? Does a diamond sparkle less because a blind man disparages it? The more outrageous the wicked are against the truth, the more courageous the godly are for it. When Michael scoffed at David's religious dancing before the ark, he said, If this is to be vile, I will be yet more vile. Second Samuel 6.22 5. True zeal causes fervency in duty. Fervent in spirit. Romans 12.11 Zeal makes us hear with reverence, pray with affection, love with ardency. God kindled Moses' sacrifice from heaven. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed on the altar the burnt offering. Leviticus 9.24 When we are zealous in devotion and our heart waxes hot within us, here is a fire from heaven kindling our sacrifices. How odious it is for a man to be all fire when he is sinning, and all ice when he is praying. A pious heart, like water that is seething hot, boils over in holy affections. 6. True zeal is never out of breath. Though it is violent, it is perpetual. No waters can quench the flame of zeal. It is torrid in the frigid zone. The heat of of zeal is like the natural heat coming from the heart, which lasts as long as life. That zeal which is not constant was never true. Use 1. How opposite to godliness are those who decry zeal and consider it a religious frenzy. They are for the light of knowledge, but not for the heat of zeal. When be- Basil was earnest in preaching against the Arian heresy, it was interpreted as folly and dotage. Religion is a matter requiring zeal. The kingdom of heaven will not be taken except by violence. Matthew eleven twelve. 12. Object. But why, why so much fervor in religion? What becomes of prudence, then? Answer. Though prudence is to direct zeal it is not to destroy it because sight is required must the body therefore have no heat if prudence is the eye of religion zeal is the heart question but where is moderation answer though moderation in things of indifference is a commendable and doubtless it would greatly tend towards settling the peace of the church yet in the main articles of faith in which god's glory and our salvation lie at stake here moderation is nothing but sinful neutrality it was calvin's advice to melanchthon that he should not so love the name of moderate that at length he would lose all his zeal object but the apostle, but the apostle urges moderation let your moderation be known to all philippians 4 5 answer number one the apostle speaks there of moderating our passion the greek word for moderation signifies candor and meekness the opposite of rash anger and so the word is rendered in another place patient, First Timothy three three, by moderation. Then is meant meekness of spirit, that is made clear by the subsequent words. The Lord is at hand, as if the apostle had said, "Do not avenge yourselves, for the Lord is at hand. He is ready to avenge your personal wrongs." But this is But this in no way hinders a Christian from being zealous in matters of religion. Answer two. What strangers they are to godliness who have no zeal for the glory of God. They can see his ordinances despised, his worship adulterated, and yet their spirits are not at all stirred in them. How many are of a dull, lukewarm temper, zealous for their own secular interest, but with no zeal for the things of heaven. Hot in their own cause, but cool in God's cause. The Lord most abominates lukewarm professors. I almost said he is sick of them, I would that you were cold or hot, anything but lukewarm, but because you are neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Revelations 3.15-16 A lukewarm Christian is only half-baked dough, just like Ephraim. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Hosea 7, eight. To keep up a form of religion without zeal is to be like those bodies the angels assumed, which moved but had no life in them. I would ask these tepid, neutral professors this question. If religion is not a good cause, why did they undertake it at first? If it is a good cause, then why do they go about it so faintly? Why do they not have a more holy ardor of soul? These people would gladly go to heaven in a soft bed, but they are loath to be carried there in a fiery chariot of zeal. Remember, God will be zealous against those who are not zealous. He provides the fire of hell FOR THOSE THAT LACK THE FIRE OF ZEAL use two BECAUSE YOU WOULD BE FOUND IN THE CATALOGUE OF THE GODLY LABOR FOR ZEAL IT IS AS GOOD TO BE OF NO RELIGION AS NOT TO BE ZEALOUS IN RELIGION BEWARE OF CARNAL POLICY THIS IS ONE OF THOSE THREE THINGS WHICH LUTHER FEARED WOULD BE THE DEATH OF RELIGION SOME MEN HAVE BEEN TOO WISE TO BE SAVED THEIR DISCRETION HAS QUENCHED THEIR ZEAL BEWARE OF SLOTH WHICH IS AN ENEMY TO ZEAL Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Revelation 3.19 Christians, what do you reserve your zeal for? Is it for your gold which perishes, or for your sinful passions which will make you perish? Can you bestow your zeal better than upon God? How zealous men have been in a false religion. They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance. Isaiah 46.6 The Jews spared no cost in their idolatrous worship. No they I'm sorry, no, they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire to Molech, Jeremiah thirty two, thirty-five. They were so zealous in their idol worship that they would sacrifice their sons and daughters to their false gods. How far did the pure blind heathen go in their false zeal? When the tribunes of Rome complained that they lacked gold in their treasuries to offer to Apollo, The Roman matrons plucked off their chains of gold and rings and bracelets and gave them to the priests to offer up sacrifice. Were these so zealous in their sinful worship, and will you not be zealous in the worship of the true God? Can you lose anything by your zeal? Shall it not be superabundantly recompensed? What is heaven worth? What is a sight of God worth? Was not Jesus Christ zealous for you? He sweat drops of blood. He conflicted with his father's wrath. How zealous he was for your redemption! And have you no zeal for him? Is there anything you yourselves hate more than dullness and slothfulness in your servants? You are weary of such servants. Do you dislike a dull spirit in others but not in yourselves? What are all your duties without zeal, but mere fancies and nullities? Do you know what a glorious thing zeal is? It is the luster that sparkles from grace." It is the flame of love. It resembles the Holy Spirit. There appeared cloven tongues like fire, which sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 3 and 4. Tongues of fire were an emblem to represent that fire of zeal which the Spirit poured upon them. Zeal makes all our pious performances prevail with God. When the iron is red hot, it enters best, and when our services are red hot with zeal, they pierce heaven soonest. All right. Well, that is our reading from Thomas Watson for the day. Again, I hope this uh, reading of this book has been beneficial for you. I, I it has been for me, um, but I but I hope it is for you as well. That it is edifying, um, and I I definitely hope um, that the program as a whole is is benefiting you. Um, let's go ahead. We're going to go ahead and close in prayer. That that, that way, this. This whole daily daily episode will be a little bit shorter for you. I know they've been getting a little long. Um, and we're going to go ahead and close out with the third day evening prayer before sleep. Let's pray. God of all sovereignty, thy greatness is unsearchable. Thy name most excellent. Thy glory above the heavens. Ten thousand minister to me, to thee. Ten thousand times ten thousand stand before thee. In thy awful presence we are less than nothing. We do not approach Thee because we deserve Thy notice, for we are sinners. Our necessities compel us. Thy promises encourage us. Our broken hearts incite us. The mediator draws us. Thy acceptance of others moves us. Look Thou upon us, and be merciful unto us. Convince us of the penalty and pollution of sin. Give us faith to believe, and believing to have life in Jesus. May we enter into His sufferings. Let us see thy hand in the instruments of our grief, rejoicing that they are from thy overruling providence. Let not our weeping hinder sowing, nor sorrow duty. While living in a world of change, let us seek the abiding city. Be with us to our journey's end, that we may glorify thee in death as in life. We bless thee for preservation, supplies, mercies, and to thee, keeper of souls, we commit all we are and have. May no evil befall us no sickness come nigh us, no horror disturb us. May our conscience be clear, our hearts pure, our sleep sweet. And with the innumerable company who neither slumber nor rest, we join in ascribing blessing, honor, glory, and power to the Lamb upon the throne forever and ever. Amen. All right. Well, again, thank you for spending this time for me this evening. I hope you have a wonderful night and God willing, I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good night. God bless.